0: Hoy, hoy! all you delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and you are listening to Everybody Trades. Thank you so much for joining me once again. And if you're a newbie, well, you're probably wondering, why the hell am I here listening to this guy? Well, it's because I was a gosh darn honest to goodness Chicago mercantile exchange trader as a young man at 24 years old, lived through the financial crisis of 2008 on that floor and lived to tell about it. Yes, I'm still in the biz. So I'm definitely somebody you should listen to when it comes to the world of trading. And a little later in the show, I also want to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is the proper use of the smartphone, or as I often like to call it, the library in our pocket. But unfortunately, instead of using that library, We seem to be getting distracted and going off into the possibly the pornography section of the video store instead of getting into the library. But you know what? First, this is Everybody Trades, so let's talk some trading really quick. And in fact, specifically trading versus investing. Now I'm certain that some of you newer listeners have gotten onto this program because of, well, some of those Reddit trades that have been happening. Right, The threads from Reddit that have been talking about buying up GameStop, causing a short squeeze, AMC, these different companies that have been pushed down by large hedge fund managers. And in, in these short squeezes, by the way, if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, we'll just go back a few episodes and I have an explanation of everything going around with GameStop and short selling in general. But again, if you're a new investor or trader, you're probably much more interested in the day trading side of things. And you might suspect, well, this guy calls himself the everybody trades guy, right? So he must be a day trader. I must listen to him, right? Well, I got news for you. I in fact do a lot more what I would call investing than I do trading. And there's a really simple reason for that. I'm lazy. Yes, that's the real reason. I'm not even kidding. Because quite honestly, investing is much, much, much easier than day trading. Now, notice I didn't say day trading was impossible. I didn't say that you cannot make money day trading. No, you can make money day trading. Lots of people have, can, and will make money in that particular endeavor. But just to give you an example of what I'm talking about. I've also, for years and years and years, I played fantasy baseball. And here's the thing about season-long fantasy baseball. If you're even a casual Major League Baseball observer, you know that the season is kind of a slog. It's a long 162 games over six months where you as a fantasy manager have to be on top of your lineup every single day. And sort of like an investor, right? As an investor, I'm on top of my positions. I'm logging into my account seeing what they're doing, checking the news, checking out the Mad Money recap, whatever it might be. I'm doing that stuff every single day. And if that sounds like a decent amount of work, both the investing day-to-day and playing season-long fantasy baseball, well, you're right. It is a lot of work. So a part of me when daily fantasy baseball came around, I thought, oh, this sounds like a great solution. Now that I'm getting older, have less time on my hands, I can just play a daily game every once in a while. When I have free time, I can just play a one-day fantasy contest, and if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. We can move on. No big deal. But the reality is, from my experience, from my fairly limited daily fantasy baseball experience, again, I'm much more played season-long for 20 years – but daily is actually much more intensive in terms of the amount of research that you have to do because honestly, the edges are so much smaller in the daily stuff. Now, again, this is all from my experience. Maybe this is just an explanation more of how mine, my mind works than anything. I'm just much more easily able to see the bigger picture of what's happening in the stock market, in the country, the economy. And among people's trends, their different preferences. I'm able to see where that stuff is going, and I'm also able to see certain times where certain companies are sort of thrown out with the bathwater for unfair reasons. But to me, the day-to-day fluctuations in the stock market, a lot of times there's no real fundamental economic rhyme or reason to any of it. And such is daily fantasy baseball to me, honestly. It's like any great Major League Baseball player can go 0 for 5 in any given day, or and a crappy one can go 3 for 5 on any given day. Again, day-to-day, not a lot of rhyme or reason, but from my experience, over that long slog of six months, everything tends to even out, and you get the results that were more or less deserved. And what I'm trying to say there is, yes, while – You can try to get with the day-to-day machinations of the stock market, try to buy something low, sell it high, flip it intraday or even within a week. That's all great. If you can pull it off, good for you. I'm just telling you right now that a lot of people, when they first get interested in day trading, and I know because I know this from experience, they think, oh, this is going to be a relatively easy way to make money. I'm telling you that is not the case. In fact, it's much easier, especially from the long side. If you're going to buy stocks in general, and this is for reasons we've discussed many times, most notably the Federal Reserve, the government, they're basically on your side. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's reality. The reality is is there is an inflationary, bullish bias toward the stock market based on numerous different, different factors that I don't have enough time to go into in this, in this particular segment. But just trust me, it's true. Look what, look what the market's done in the last hundred years, for instance. Yes, there was the, the black, black Friday, black Monday, whatever it was back in 1929. The stock market crashed. And yes, it lost 90% of its value. But over the long term, what's it done? Despite the 2008 Great Recession, what have we done since? And of course, when Donald Trump was elected president, well, lots of people like Paul Krugman expected that the stock market was going to tank. Well, that did not happen. And conversely, when Joe Biden was recently elected president, well, my uncle and lots of other people have expected the stock market to crash as well. And putting aside the economic policies and differences between those two administrations, again, regardless, the government and the Federal Reserve are biased towards, for many different factors, government spending, money printing, all this stuff – they are buy bi- and frankly, just corporatism. Big, big corporations and big government go hand in hand these days. Well, that's another reason why Amazon, for instance, yes, there is definitely a bullish bias toward all these companies in the S&P 500. Does that mean individually they're all going to go up? No, it just means that the overall stock market is biased to go higher for all those reasons versus the U.S. dollar. That's the key thing to realize here. By the way, I recently picked up Coinbase. I started a small position there at about three hundred and sixty, sorry, about $326.75, uh, up a few percentage points on it today. So we're feeling pretty good about that at the moment. But I'll just tell you, if you're kind of like me and you're still somewhat confused about how to actually purchase and hold Bitcoin in the most secure way possible, Well, I think Coinbase is actually a decent way to have an ancillary play on all cryptocurrencies, but especially Bitcoin. Because Coinbase just went public this week. Quite honestly, I thought it was going to trade north of 400. So being able to get in at about 326, I think it's a solid bet. You know, we'll see what happens. But for now, I'm feeling good about it because Coinbase seems to be well run management-wise. And second of all, I think you're going to see lots of the big boys, your mutual fund managers, the type of people who who buy your stocks for your 401k. Well, I think they're going to want to show exposure to cryptocurrency. With all the headlines of Bitcoin has made its run from 10,000 to 60,000 in the last year or so, whatever its big run has been, mutual fund managers are going to want to show that, hey, I was in on this stuff. I'm a smart guy. Hey, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm no boomer. So guess what? What are they going to buy? Basically, Coinbase, ticker symbol COIN, C-O-I-N, that's basically the only option you have. And with the stock up about 5.5% today, this could just be the beginning. Who knows? We'll see. I I personally like the risk-reward. Because this company is managed well, I like the position. I really do. Now, overall, the market right now, just the action is just nothing but positive. Just in ter- if you're a bull, that's for sure. Almost to the point where I'm starting to get a wee bit nervous that we could be vulnerable for a short term pullback here. Because here's the thing there had been a rotation out of sort of the high-flying tech names, like Tesla, for instance. Tesla is a great example. Well, Tesla had sold off a little bit in recent weeks and months, along with you know your cybersecurity companies like Okta, for instance. And a lot of that is because of fears of inflation. And traditionally, your big money managers, when they're fearing inflation, well, then they start moving away from those tech earnings into the slower-moving stuff like stuff like John Deere, stuff like Union Pacific Railroad. And you've seen that rotation. Well, those companies have gone up during this period. But interestingly, now the last couple days, again, those big tech names I was just talking about, like Tesla, well, they're starting to move again, aren't they? And moving in a pretty serious way, and yet those cyclical names haven't given anything back. That tells me that right now, if you haven't done any buying in the last couple days, my God, you need to wait until next week, because at the very least, at a certain point, we're, we're looking very vulnerable to a short-term pullback here. So keep some cash on hand and be ready for it. That's my advice. If you're an investor, now, if you're a trader, well, I don't know, maybe put on a short position and try to take advantage of it. That's not how I play this because again, that's just way too much work and too hard for me. What can I say? I have another podcast and I occasionally like to play golf. Now that'll be it for the stock market today, so I'm just going to leave you very quickly here with just a thought on, again, one of my favorite topics, which is the proper use of a smartphone. Because to me, a smartphone is it's almost like a gun, right? Just to take, or maybe if you don't want to get, let's take something other than a gun. How about let's take, uh, I don't know, a chainsaw. There we go. There's something that isn't specifically designed to be a weapon, But of course, a chainsaw could easily be a weapon. You could go into a farmer's market and just start annihilating people with a chainsaw. But of course, the proper use of a chainsaw would be simply cutting down trees and brush and whatever in a safe manner, by the way, so you don't actually injure yourself with said chainsaw. Well, like a chainsaw, a smartphone, while one of the greatest inventions of all time and certainly an incredibly useful tool for any human being on this planet is actually something that is really dangerous too. But unlike a chainsaw, it looks innocuous. There's nothing actually physically dangerous about the phone. So we completely take its actual emotional and mental damage that it can wreak havoc on our brains Well, we take all of that for granted. And most of us actually dismiss that whole idea. So instead of using something that is a library in our pocket in order to enrich our brains. Often our brains are being tricked by these companies like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it might be, any any social media thing that offers you an unlimited scroll. If you can just scroll unlimited and never reach the bottom of your screen, well, that is actually designed to trick your brain into thinking it's busy into thinking it's accomplishing something. And even more so, it's almost a drug-like experience where you start binging on something and you can't stop. You see it's it's almost like in a drug scenario often your brain you're watching these TikTok videos or whatever it's excreting some type of hormone that your brain likes and that's why we keep coming back to drugs and alcohol or whatever it might be well these I'm telling you TikTok is designed to be addictive so's Instagram so's Facebook I promise you this is true so the more we can get away from these things the better A while ago I heard this story there was a story that had a headline that was talking about how people who look at their smartphones too often have a posture that's called tech neck. So essentially, your, your head is pointed down the entire time because you're looking down at your phone. Well, if you do that all day, in fact, that will hurt your neck because it's bad posture. Your head is just putting too much weight for too long of a period on your neck, so your back, the back of your neck actually starts to get sore. Well, this is one reason why I love podcasts. Because you've never seen somebody listening to a podcast with their neck sticking straight down looking at the floor. Because usually when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm walking, I'm at the gym, I'm out gardening, I'm mowing my lawn. I might even have one earbud in while I'm hitting some balls out at the golf course. It could be that too. But to me, the difference between podcast posture and tech neck – is actually a pretty revealing thing because to me when you're this is the this is why to me a, a a good podcast like this one to be honest with you is a great use of your smartphone is because you're able to multitask in a healthy way your brain is concentrating on something intellectual or possibly entertaining or funny, meanwhile the other part of your brain is engaged in something physical like picking weeds or, you know, t- taking a run, whatever taking a bike ride, whatever it might be. But no one has ever taken a bike ride while scrolling through their Instagram feed. It just doesn't happen. So isn't it interesting that these two things go together much more nicely, right? I think I think having podcast posture versus tech neck is just a much more obviously healthy way to live your life. Now, at the risk of being called a hypocrite here, do I have some social media accounts? Yes, I do. But the point is, don't just binge on them all day. Use them for their purposes. Use them to enhance your life and make sure that they aren't becoming a drain on your life, your mood, and indeed, your intelligence. So with all that being said, get back into podcast posture and join me again next time on Everybody Trades. And I certainly encourage you to find many, many other podcasts out there like Locked on Mizzou if you happen to be a Tiger Sports fan because, well, that's hosted by me. And all seriousness, there's so much good podcasting out there. It's really insane. If you want to learn something, if you want to enhance your life, check it out. I'm telling you, it's so much better than that boring boring instagram feed so with all that being said thanks for joining me once again right here on everybody trades